Welcome back to One Great Conversation. I had the opportunity to speak with Brad Seymour recently, and it was such a humbling chat. To be able to hear Brad's story and insights was value I can't put a price on. For those that might not know, Brad has 25 years of experience as a senior executive, company director, and entrepreneurial proprietor in Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, and India. He was a co-founder of Wizard Home Loans with Mark Boris in the mid-90s a business created with the vision to drive real competition in the Australian and New Zealand mortgage market for the consumer and to monetize this proposition in amplified value to the shareholder. It delivered both with stunning success. The business went on to become one of the most recognized financial service brands and largest lender in the country ahead of its ultimate sale to General Electric Company in 2005 for nearly half a billion dollars. After the sale, he went on to take up the role as a senior executive at GE, then the opportunity came in 2009 to launch and float Yellow Brick Road Wealth Management and was involved in the Channel 9 hit TV series The Apprentice Australia and The Celebrity Apprentice Australia as an on-air advisor. If that wasn't enough, he then changed tack and became the director of Auto and General, which both owned Budget Direct and Compare the Market. He is now a mentor at Caraggio, advising other business owners and helping them succeed as his way of giving back to the community. I am positive that you will gain many insights from this episode, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. At the time of filming of this episode, we're in our greatness topic for the month, which is nutrition. So we do wellness modules. I'm not sure how much Tim has told you in Caraggio, but we have a Living Great program. and yeah, we have, definitely since. I, I, I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, thank you. And so every month we have a focus topic that we do challenges around and the whole team shares tips or recipes or whatever it is from that topic. So that being said, what's the most important thing for you when it comes to nutrition? How do you integrate that into your busy life? So, uh, Alma, thanks for welcoming me today to have a chat about this. Nutrition has been something that I'm terrible at, very good at mental nutrition. So I'd spend a lot of time reading, a lot of time thinking, a lot of time training my brain. When it comes to the physical body, I'm terrible. But I'm luckily got an awesome uh, wife partner who is really focused on it. So she helps me balance that. But if I'm away for a couple of days, I can kind of always forget to eat. So mm. I'm not the best spokesperson on nutrition, but one that I acknowledge the importance and therefore yes. kind of outsource so that I don't sure. miss an in, you know, the importance of that to just being able to be mentally fit, be physically fit mm. and emotionally fit. No, I love that. And so basically when you come back from those trips, it's just a matter of just getting back on the horse kind of thing. Yeah, get back yeah. in rhythm, yeah. 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 I mean, there's some regime to what I do. I terrible don't eat breakfast during the week, but my weekends get very normalized. Yeah. But a little regime, I kind of tea and coffee in the morning, yeah. water first thing I get up. There's things like that that I I realize a little bit of hydration mm. means mm. mostly water. Mm. Definitely <laughs> the nighttime is really where nutrition, good balanced diet, you know, lots of food groups the balance between the red meats and the whites. and So that's something that I've become aware of, but because I've got a great partner, it gets fulfilled. Nice. If it was me, maybe too many TV. <laughs> Again, not the, the banner boy for nutrition, but something I know the importance of. Put something in place to make sure I do it. Nice, nice. And something it's quite a big thing for us at the moment, a theme. What does don't sacrifice great for good mean to you? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, uh, in a very young age, understood the importance of relentlessness, the strive to do something better. There was a kind of rule we always looked at was if you can make something 5% better, do it. And it's 
kind of a de-risk and an amplification. So stop, ask a question, um, seek counsel, look at it from a different perspective. And I don't know if it stacks to good to great or appropriate to not appropriate, but is there a better way of doing what you do? So don't get tied up in the way you do something. Just mm-hmm. make sure you can question it and challenge it. And to me, the culture of that is asking great questions. So that great questions create great outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good to great to me stands for look at a new, better, different way to do something. But also don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you do something well, how do you keep doing it consistently? So we sometimes strive to do things differently all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of 5% benefit or 5% change is sometimes mm-hmm. what you're after. But, yeah, relentlessness is what it's about to me. Perfect. And how did you stay hungry to be able to take Wizard Homeland to the next level? It's something that just, you know, for me reading up about it before you came on the podcast was so huge and what you've gone on to do from there. What? How did you take it to that next level? Yeah, well, Wizard's such a long time ago now. The one thing about the Wizard Homelands business, which was a little different to following business where we floated a company in Yellow Brick Road and I was a director of a large insurance firm, mm-hmm. um, they had very clear strategic objectives. We knew what we wanted to deliver in within a period of time and we did that. Mm-hmm. To a degree, they're probably a bit safer, but for Wizard, we didn't have one big goal. We just had the goal to get bigger, better, faster, more profitable and grow in a market. And therefore, you were never satisfied. You were never stopping and say, we hit that target. Uh, what do we do next? The targets were always a, an ever-growing, ever-evolving target. Now, it sounds a bit haphazard. It probably was. But at that time, what we knew one thing, we're in a market that had an opportunity. So, again, it was simply never rest because there was always more growth, more opportunity, another competitor to beat, another customer to serve, another market to, to be in. And it was, you know, fearlessness because we started, it was the first thing a lot of us were doing at scale. So, it felt like we had nothing to risk, everything to gain, mm. and it was just an older motivator just to keep doing more. As you do the second and third thing in life, there's a little bit more risk. Um, yes. So, you know, I always reflect on the first thing you do. It's really the one thing that fearlessness is easier when you've got less to risk. That was a, that was a time that we just continued to strive for more mm. and the objective was just to get more. So it was an interesting kind of a driver. <laughs> yeah, it was great no. success in the end. Yeah. I think anyone who was involved in was able to kind of look at that and kind of they said you know, there was nothing that we wouldn't try to do to to right. get better and to grow and to improve and to deliver more to our people, our, our, our people involved in the businesses, the branch owners yep. and the customers. So it was interesting times. Definitely. And that sounds very similar to our core value, we stay hungry, because there is always one more conversation you could have or one more visit or one more great thing that you can do that if you – multiply all those good things. Yeah, just that you one never more. take success for granted. Yeah. Um, I've got this little saying, don't outsource your success. Don't leave it to, you know, your consultants, except just there's another conversation, there's mm-hmm. another thing you can do. And, you know, that that concept, talk to your customers, listen to your customers, yes. ask them great questions, mm. be prepared to hear anything they're, they're going to tell you because if you don't, someone else will and that's probably going to be a competitor. Mm. So that kind of comes back relentlessness. Find a way to keep asking and be prepared to actually listen yeah. and actually respond and you know, evolve the business. So the hunger is at the heart of any successful business. <laughs> yeah. no, no doubt about that. Wonderful. And why do you think it's important to donate your time to Caraggio where you're now a mentor on the board? Yeah, it's it seems a little bit kind of you know, full of myself, but I, I feel a <laughs> desire to, to give back. I've been lucky in a way, right place, right time, and some great success. 
And in that journey for me, I've learned lots of things from lots of people who've been open to give me their time. And, and one thing, it's not charitable. Everything I do is on a fee-based process, not because it's about making money, but people need to value what they get and they therefore mm. need to pay for it. And mm. pay for it in time, effort, donations or cash. Mm-hmm. It's not really an issue. So whenever I've got advice from people, I've always paid for it because I needed to have a cost to the benefit so that what I'm doing is even more important because mm-hmm. I've got to leverage it. Yeah. But in my environments, Karaj or other environments, I really feel a desire to give back to, to small business. I love having conversation with business owners because there's consequence in every discussion, every decision they make. Don't get me wrong, I love employees and I love working with big groups of employees, but there's something about talking to a business owner that's uh, pretty bloody exciting. It's like a hobby of mine. I, I yeah. do it as a hobby if I, if, you know, if I didn't have other things to do. But, yeah, it's a bit of a payback and I've been rewarded with success by listening to others, by asking questions of others and being asked great questions of others. So it's a, a time to kind of pay back to that. No, that sounds beautiful. And I guess I can understand too because not everyone is crazy enough, if you will, to go off on their own and start something. You know, everyone has their, oh, I could do it better. Or oh, if yeah. I was business so owner, much easier I would when do you're this. Making a comment, yeah. But let's actually see you do it. Yeah. And not many people do. No, it's – um, and, and if people have a great idea – that's only part of the equation. You've got to have great execution. It's easier to comment. It's harder to do. It's easier to reflect on what others do than to focus on yourself. So, yeah, you've got to ask a hard question of someone. Look, great, you've got a great idea. Would you do something with it? Whether it be an employer, your kids, your business partner or one of your friends mm. or family. So I say to people all the time, look, there's a million great ideas. There's only a couple of thousand great executions. So yeah. get the balance right. Um, focus on the right things to work on. Get off the sideline, get involved in the game is probably another way to put it. Definitely. And there's a lot of people who like to sit on the sideline at footy games, aren't they? Yeah, they they do. (laughs) Really easy to do that. And don't be wrong, to sit back and watch something is really important too, to get perspective. To have the ability to comment on something means you've reflected on it, you've researched Mm -hmm. it. That's not what I'm getting to. The key is if you've got a heavily weighted opinion, find a way to make it happen, work. Sure. Or if you want to help someone, Engage in a way that they're going to understand what you're talking about and ask good questions. Beautiful. Yeah, I very much relate to that point. And you were talking a bit more about employees. What stands out to you in the business world when someone is growing within their role or business? What do you look for when someone's coming up? Yeah, first thing is obviously endeavour. I mean, people have got to show a desire to, to want to kind of learn and grow. I love resilience, that bounce back factor. It's amazing, but I kind of like to see someone make a bit of a failure early in their career, yes. early in their involvement with me to see how they bounce back and mm. what they take from it. And they've got to learn from it, but you don't want them to be fearful of trying the next thing. So resilience is really important. You want someone who has the ability to consider and ask great questions and or get feedback. And then that ability to kind of take what they know and then solve stuff. Mm. Again, uh, ideas are really great, but if you come up with them in a haphazard way, it's fluky. And luck's not a great way to run a business or be successful. So I like to look at the way people think and the way they think is often defined by the kind of way they ask questions and the way they have a conversation. So actions are awesome, but the way they've gone through a process to think about something is more important to Mm. me. And, you know, if someone's prepared to invest time in themselves, then I'll give them all the time in the world. But, yeah, a lot of people kind of outsource that and think, well, I deserve and I don't want to sound like the old guy. I think the world feels like it. Uh, they owe the world owes them a favour, but I look for people who are prepared to say, no, I'm going to take the bull by the horns, I'm going to consider this, I'm going to do it well, and I'm going to ask for feedback on the process. So resilience, bounce back factor, some real initiative, but smart 
process is smart thinking mm-hmm. is most important thing for me. And I think a lot of people are scared to fail too, especially because we're so exposed to, I believe, you know, social media where people only show the best things. So, yeah, I I relate to that where I think if you're able to fail, learn something from it and keep moving forward, I think that's real judge of character. Couldn't agree more. And that resilience factor is what that's about. And it is a different world. For me, I'm lucky enough to have three beautiful daughters and they've come through the world where social media is an ever-present beast because it doesn't help them feel better about themselves. It doesn't help them reflect on things that are great about mm. them. And it helps them think about things that other people do. And as you say, they don't post the messy hair morning. They don't post the foul point. But, you know, reality is people see through that. Smart people do. Yes. And if they're not, hopefully got people around that can help them say, hang on, here's reality. Reality is not what you're seeing mm. in that post, in that Instagram, in, in that Twitter feed. Here's the reality. Here's your reality. And get focused on what you can control. Don't be afraid to take inputs and stimulus from other areas. Sure. But, yeah, I do fear for the lack of the ability to be reflective and self-reflective mm-hmm. rather than kind of look at others and see what they're doing and, and you know, the green envy. So, yeah, it's a bit more challenging when there's so much stimulus. Yes. It's up to the individual and the people around them to help them work out what's important to take Definitely. on board and what's actionable. Yes. Is, yeah. Leave that. It's not for me. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we're trying to do here at One Great Conversation as well as change the narrative. So yeah, pretty exciting. You've got to pull it back to what's the universe for you? What's important? Not what you can control, but what can you be involved in influence and understand and process? Mm. Otherwise, you get overwhelmed. And, Definitely. And we all have times we get overwhelmed and we find ways to deal with that. But the reality is if you can stop, center yourself, resilience, mm. focus on the important stuff, bounce back, it sets you up for success, no doubt about it. Definitely. And I've got a couple of listener questions. So I let the audience know that you're coming on today. So Wow, I'm surprised you've got any questions at all. They've got a great <laughs> memory to know how far back Wizard Homeland was. <laughs> yeah. So this, I think, would be related to Wizard again. So first question, how did you raise capital for your business and how do you recommend raising capital for a business in general? Yeah, so raising capital is a really interesting piece. We've done it through multiple businesses in multiple ways. Done it with private funding through kind of placement with strategic investors, people involved in the ability to amplify your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done that through a uh, initial public offering, so floating a company, taking it public, and we've done it through debt, through bank funding. Yeah. So, so I'll come back to the examples in a sec, but the one thing that's most important in any of those processes is being aligned with your shareholders or your stakeholders, and that doesn't mean just when you start but checking in through the process. So if you don't stay aligned and clarity on what the purpose for the money is, clarity on what your exit strategy Mm. is for the business or for the capital you're using or the ability to pay that down, then you run into some real challenges over time. Mm. So that being the case, I do think that the most far point I see from people raising capital is they're not clear on what they need the money for. Mm. Amazing as it is, they aren't really clear on the purpose and very specific. They're not clear on how they're then going to exit that new value for the investor even if it's the debt, how they're really going to pay that down. So that's one of the pieces. Have your strategy really clear. Raising money. So I said we we were fortunate enough with Wizard to raise money through strategic investors, people who could help us amplify the business. So whether that be through the Channel 9 organisation, through Mm -hmm. using media, whether that be through financial markets investors that could help us raise money to lend for our mortgages. So we looked for people in our supply chain, I guess. Media helped us get customers. 
the investors in the financial side helped us get the money to lend. So that's just who's important in your chain mm -hmm. and can they benefit from being involved in you and you can benefit from their capital. So that's kind of called smart capital rather than just money. Yeah. The IPO, um, very, very difficult when you become a public company. You've got lots of lots of scrutiny, lots of cost just to be in that environment and you're open to what happens in the market, not yeah. just your own performance. Mm. So uh, interesting experience and one that I'm glad I did. But not sure that I'd do it yeah, again. Yeah, it doesn't sound like No, no, not sure. Either. So, yeah, but it's, you know, you always chalk one up. And yeah. look, debt, debt sums time is the cheapest way to raise money because you're not mm. giving a share of your your business away, which you're giving away a share of upside when you mm. put, kind of take capital, a, equity on rather than debt. But you've also got then your debt holder, your banks or bondholders you've got to look at. So lots of different ways to raise capital, but most importantly, work out what you need what you're going to do with it, how you're going to apply it to increase the value of your business and what the exit for that is yeah. and then decide which way you're going to go about it. Sounds like a lot of strategy and planning but worth it. A bit like building a high-rise building. You've yeah. got to think about the foundation before <laughs> yeah. you get to the third or fourth floor. I think they'll go straight to the money and how do I raise it. And mm. It's a bit harder to raise money at the moment as inflation's hit but a couple of years ago it was really easy to raise money and I think people were doing it just because you could raise it. Sure. Never, I mean, never raise money unless it's an important thing you're going to do with it because you're giving away something to raise capital. Mm. You might be giving away a share of your company, some freedom because the shareholders want to restrict certain things. Yeah, so be really cautious when you do that. But also make sure you're always well funded, yeah. having clear plans, having enough capital to manage that because when you grow, it does suck in a lot of capital. So mm. yeah, have a good plan. Thank you for sharing your wisdom on that one. Yeah. And the second listener question is, where is the best place to find angel investors and did you ever use angel investors? I've never used angel investors. I've been involved with companies that have, when I say not directly involved, but mm -hmm. in an advisory sense. So I'm not an expert in that space. There are a lot of well-defined clubs in the capital cities in Australia mm -hmm. uh, that are investors. There's a, a lot that work through groups of advisors. So they're not too hard to find if you, you jump onto you know, Google and actually do that. There's groups sure. in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne that do that. There's groups in the large regional centres. I know Townsville, mm -hmm. there's a group of investors there that work together to fund businesses. So again, the same piece applies though, whether they're angel investors or venture capitalists or private equity players or just mum and dad investors who invest in public companies, just make sure you've got a really good plan because yeah. they're going to want to understand your story the business, why it exists, what market it's dealing with, what problem the business is solving yeah. and how the capital you get is going to help you solve that problem and get market share, understand your margins, understand how you're going to grow and fund it and then what your exit is. They might not be as sophisticated as the private in equity mm -hmm. investors. Uh, they might not be as supportive as the venture capitalists who tend to come and help you run the business, but they've still got to be treated with respect to, to show them what your plan is. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. No problem. And when you think about your biggest challenge in your journey so far, what would that be and how have you overcome it? So honestly, and I reflect on this because I, you know, in your, your pre-notes you mentioned you might ask this question, I really think it's actually been about believing in my own capability. I was a young guy that grew up in the west of Sydney and I was the first person in my family to go to university. Really? Um, ever. So uh, when I arrived there, I felt like a complete fake. Sure. I only kind of lasted six months at university. I, I did succeed in the first six months, but every one of my mates was out working, earning money, and I had nothing. I was struggling to even pay public transport costs to get to university. So I decided to put my studies on hold. And my family didn't say, no, you shouldn't do that. They said, yeah, whatever. Amazing. Because So I kind of then you know, arrived at a business, a large bank, and met some people who ended up starting Wizard Home Loans with me. And before I knew it, I was in that environment, lucky enough to be involved with people of great 
uh, astute business owners in the Australian kind of business landscape. And I didn't feel like I was worthy of being in that. Mm-hmm. So it's taken me a long time to actually say, no, hang on, I actually am worthy maybe because I was able to listen. I was a great sponge to learn things. Yeah. And that come, comes back to now that I've believed in myself enough, mm-hmm. I actually love being able to share that back. And one of the reasons yeah. I do work with small business owners in Australia is I love to share back things I've learned because now I feel I've earned the right to celebrate my success, but more importantly, give it back to others because that confidence is something that a lot of people struggle with. A mm. lot of people go, wow, I got here and I'm not sure if I'm worthy of being in this environment. So it took me a long while to come to terms with it and it's, I'm not, there's no arrogance in that. It was just like a really, wow, I had this great success. Yeah, reflecting that now, it's been a great journey and I'm glad I was never arrogant or mm. had ego through that process. I didn't even understand what those things were. But, yeah, that's been one of the things I've struggled with, to be mm. frank, and not so much now. But, you know, I still reflect and go sometimes feel like I'm commenting on someone else's life with uh, with what happened through those years. Sure. Yeah, and you, in that time you've got to make sure you're still enjoying the journey, not just part mm. of the journey. But, yeah. Won't go too much more into that because that's a big one for me and I feel like maybe this Mercury retrograde has got me feeling more emotional. So if I respond to that, I'll probably cry. I won't take you there. <laughs> yeah, don't it's take a great there. conversation, yeah. not a late night conversation. Yes. <laughs> um, so we'll skip to the next one, but that was really impactful. Thank you. So do you believe that we can make a difference in the world by not subscribing to media, the negative mindset, all that sort of thing, and by doing things differently in business? Yeah, I definitely think the first part of that's an absolute given. The Being caught in the negative mindset, being looking for the sensationalist story, mm. I'm sick and tired of reading about Meghan Markle's negative stories. It doesn't worry me. So the, the world gets caught up in looking for failures, looking for exposés. So we definitely can be a better world if we talk about things we're going to do and build positive. Mm. There's no question there at all, whether it be for community, for business, for government, the Labor government we have, mate, we've got to work with the Labor government to help us grow yeah. the market and they're going to help the underprivileged. That's fantastic. They need more help than big business does, but they've got to make sure they set a framework that helps big business because that creates the money that funds the future programs. But when it comes to business, I do prescribe to if there's a better way of doing it, finding it, but I don't prescribe to doing that just for the sake of it. Yes. Sometimes think people try to do things differently because it's different rather than it's appropriate. It's the right thing to do. So, yeah, always challenge the norm. Always look for ways to innovate. But innovation is all about the right – what's the problem you're trying to solve? Mm. Are you innovating the right thing or are you just changing something for the sake of changing? exactly. I definitely prescribe to negative thinking and negative philosophy needs to be out. Doing things differently, yes, but only where it's appropriate because – the best thing to do is learn from other people's failures. Mm-hmm. And if they've failed and proven a way to do it, then you can borrow that because there's not a lot of new ideas in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, borrow great ideas and that's why there's so many business books written and so many podcasts listened to. People want to learn from others so they don't have to make the same mistake. Yeah, It's actually about how you apply it yourself. Yes. So the application, the way you do it and doing that differently is that's as yours. important as yeah. different thinking. But yeah, look, challenge the norm because you've got to challenge the norm to beat your competitors but you don't have to be 100% different to be successful. Beautiful. And closing question, if you could share one piece of financial wisdom, especially in the climate that we're in, because it's affecting everyone regardless, what would that be? Yeah, I'm not a guy that gives investment advice ever because that's something that I'm not qualified to do. I've been lucky enough to have success, but not an investment advisor. But from a 
from a, a financial wisdom perspective, yes. take the time to invest in yourself. Take the time to be a good thinker. I still read every paper every day. Mm. Old fashioned, I know, but I want to not get my news filtered through a digital medium that actually says you read about this yesterday so you want to learn about that again so today. So suggesting stuff. Yeah, mm. so I, I, I physically flick through every paper of day simply to keep training my mind to think and look at things in a different perspective. So that time, that's a big investment of my time. Buying the paper's cheap, reading it's expensive. Mm. So I do that just to keep having my mind be a little bit more nimble to say here's something I didn't even know I was going to be interested in but I will read it to understand. That won't mean I read every article. I'm not, you know, not that caught up in it, but I'm looking for things that that I just look at perspective and what does that mean and the correlation between factors. So investing some time in yourself rather than watching some stupid TikTok videos. Yes. I get it, and entertainment's important and balance. Yes. But you know, if you watched a TED talk, you might get a little bit more from that. Choosing what you're listening to. Yeah, so stimulus is important. Investing, so for financial freedom, there's nothing better than paying your mortgage down. It's the most effective thing to do. Invest in quality assets and quality stock, all that, of course. I mean, it's a pretty simple investment strategy. Any number of people out there have those pieces. Have your super for the future. Mm. Have a good plan. Have a career that you're planning well, the business or your job. Always optimise your intellect so that you're a good asset. Yes. All those things are there. But I actually think it's just mostly about spending time investing in yourself and keep broadening your horizons and trying to force a way to think outside what you did yesterday. Not think differently. Think about expansiveness. Open the blinds, look outside and see what's happening out there. Really Beautiful. important. And I think, yeah, to close off this episode, that really fits in with be, do, have. So who are you being first rather than what you have? So, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we get caught up in what we have. And I don't mean materialism, just we get caught in the car, we drive, the, the property we own, what the neighbours have, mm. what the, the other families at school have, et cetera. And, yeah, that's all relative. Just focus on what you have. You have your family, you have yourself, you have a great group of friends hopefully, you have work colleagues, mm. you have business business colleagues, just find the best way to engage all those environments. Ask great questions, be interesting to people, be interested <laughs> yes. in people. Yes. Hopefully be mindful and present. I mean, one thing that as I got a little bit older, I've been really lucky to actually get a chance to stop, reflect and try to be a little bit more present when I'm in discussions. Love a one-to-one one, one discussion because- Like this today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I talk, I stop and think about it and I'm thinking mm. about what it's saying and that's so much more interesting than a, a casual discussion in a room with 30 people. It doesn't doesn't interest me anymore. Mm. I, I really get interested in the one-to-one discussions mm. and yeah, every day I get up, I hope and I have another one of those. It's going to just spark something I didn't think about before I started. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, Brad. Thank you. I really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Great Conversation, brought to you by Lux's Greats. We hope you gain some valuable insights that you can implement into your personal and professional life. Please share this episode with others who you think may be interested in this topic. If there's something you'd like covered in future episodes, drop us a line in the comment section or send us a message on social media. To stay up to date with new episodes and to help support One Great Conversation, please subscribe or follow us on your favourite streaming platform.